My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. All right, so you're a gay guy over 40, and you're suddenly like, yeah, life's not going well, I can't seem to get anything done, and then something hits you. Well, not literally, I hope it doesn't hit you, but something shows up, and you're like, wait, where did that come from? And then you may be sitting there one day thinking about something and, and there's a nudge, but that nudge is like, oh, okay. Somebody's nudging you along. Could be somebody from your past. It could be somebody from, well, it's kind of a future self, but most of the time it's something you've encountered in the past. And this is where we play into the paranormal sort of stuff. And today we're going to play because I've got a great guy who's an author who plays in this whole sphere of this stuff written 10 books i mean i'm worn out writing too this guy's got it all going on and he also does paranormal investigations his name is rob gutro and we're going to explore his books and even a, one that really addresses like how do you deal with the x and where does those messages from x's come from so we're going to have some fun today guys please keep your minds open i hear some of you already closing your minds to this whole conversation i'm like come on just hang with us and see what you might just learn about when you step in and let things from our past, present, future, not just through the things we need to do. So Rob, welcome to the podcast, man. Excited to have you here. Thanks, Rick. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. Thank, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So this is something that is controversial to some people. Others like, yeah, let's go explore it. But this has been part of who you've been from a very young age, right? This like yeah, getting these yeah. nudges and callings. Yeah, since I was uh, 13 years old, I had a crazy experience where my grandfather appeared to me six months after he died, and he scared the life the, the life out of me. Really, um, and I found out that uh, that my mother had this ability, and uh, my grandfather, who appeared to me, had the ability. So it runs in my mother's side of the family, and wow. I was one of the lucky recipients. My brothers don't have it though. Hmm. So how did I mean? How did it? How do you know? I mean, you said your grandfather appeared to you, but like, was there any other inklings that this stuff was showing up besides that first encounter? Well, that was the first one. And then I kind of buried the ability for a long time. Um, and then I had a puppy in 2005 who passed away. He was uh, seven months old when he was killed by a car and he mm. reawakened my abilities and he was communicating with me left and right. All different ways, <clears throat> appearances, noises, barks, um, moving things, a whole host of things. And that became the foundation of my first book. Hmm. And you've got a kind of a series, three different genres of books that are all around this sort of stuff. So why don't you share with us, like, what are those different series um, focused on? Sure. So <clears throat> my first series is called Pets in the Afterlife. And I teach people how their pets that passed away communicate with us in on the living side mm -hmm. and i also do lectures i do fundraisers for animal rescues about that um and uh on the weekends i do readings um mm -hmm. for people so my second set of books is called ghosts on the medium's vacation so every time i go on vacation there are some crazy dead people that like to talk to me mm -hmm. 
And my third series is ghosts and spirits. So I define the difference between ghosts, which are earthbound, and spirits, which have crossed over. And my book, Kindred Spirits, how a medium befriended a spirit, is actually in one of that in one of those books. Very cool. And so your latest book is give us the name of that one. The latest book is Pets in the Afterlife Four about messages from spirit cats. So I teach you how your cats communicate, and I have all kinds of incredible stories about how cats have given me specific signs to help prove to their pet parent that they are around. It's interesting because when I met my husband, he had two cats and they were around quite a while. I mean, they 13, 14 years old. Um, it was interesting because our, my daughters were part of the equation. They were young. I mean, my oldest was six years old and I think our youngest was not quite two. And so, you know, here's these two girls that invade the world. Right. And it was so interesting to watch how they interacted and everything, but then they had their, you know, Herman, our one, our boy cat, he was more like a dog. He would chase, he would chase <laughs> balls and paper. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. He, he loved curling up with you, Lily, the sister, when they were brother and sister, she was the, you know, the epitome of the princess cat. Like I have no time for you except when it was on her terms. Right. And so interestingly enough, as Herman passed away right before we got married in 2014. And George has always maintained that he, he finally let himself go because he realized that daddy was in good hands with the other daddy. And it was really interesting. And then shortly after that, um, or actually, am I getting this backwards? Maybe Lily went first. Either way, by the time we got married, you know, December 31st, and then like a short time after, um, I think it was Herman that passed away second. But it's almost like they released themselves like, okay, things are good. So fast forward. About six years later, we moved to where we live now, Central Coast, California. We buy this brand new house. And I will never forget as soon as I got my this office set up where I'm recording these podcasts. And there were certain places kitties like to be with the office stuff. Like Herman loved to sit on my desk. Like I'd work and he'd sit right on the corner of my desk and just stare at me. He liked it because he could stare out the window. Lily, she loved to like curl up right at the base of my feet. And I'll never forget right after we moved in, getting things settled in. And I had this just feeling like, and I looked to the corner of my desk. I'm like, that feels like Herman's here, you know? And then now that we've lived here a few years, there are times I work from home and hubby's always gone most of the time working in the office. I will hear things and I'm like, mm, that sounds like the kitties playing downstairs, <laughs> you know? So it's just, it's really interesting, you know, to see these things. And I, I you know, going to the human side, I, I definitely feel my mom's dad in my life a lot. He was just such a good man and he's like <laughs> somebody I really... I guess I tried to model my life after because he was just a solid guy. And um, there are moments like when I'm in my worst stuff, it's almost like I can feel his presence, like, like literally staring over my shoulder or like sitting, sitting on my bar still next to my desk. You're like, okay, let's have a talk. So I think this stuff is very fascinating personally, but um, so let's yeah, talk if about you sense them. They're definitely around you. So how did the pets come into play? I mean, you had the dog, but did have you had other personal pets that you're like, okay, now they've since passed and that's fed this, or you just started realizing, wow, there's pets everywhere that start to show up for you? 
Well, I've had, I have four dogs who have passed now and every single one of them have come through and they've, they've proven um, who they're with on the other side and, and so forth. But um, yeah. So after, uh, after my puppy passed, usually it was just him communicating, but mm-hmm. then I, I, I went to a, a, a public event for, with another medium and a dog came through to me and then the dog identified the person he was connected to in the audience of 50 and I talked to her and I gave her the messages um, and she was astounded mm. so that opened that told me that I can communicate with other pets and I all I need is a picture a name um, names of people in the in the house and then questions um, mm. and I do I do charge a small fee but um, I've been able to communicate with pets now for uh, about 10, 12 years. So wow. all my books have these confirmations in them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So let's yeah. talk about kindred spirits. Cause that's the one, right. one of the ones that really like when you like sent me your stuff, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. So I'm going to let you tell kind of the story without giving away the whole book, but it has something to do with an ex, not necessarily your ex, if I remember correctly. Right. Right. It's, it's my husband's uh, late partner, actually. Um, so in <clears throat> in 1996, my uh, my husband's late partner, my, my husband's partner passed away. <clears throat> His name is Ed, mm-hmm. and um, Ed was very. They, Ed and my husband Tom were very close, and um, but they had they had actually broken up just before Ed passed. Mm-hmm. Um, like six months before when I met Tom, I, Ed came for the ride. (laughs) So it's, it, it kind of became like a spirit triangle, if you will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So the very first, uh, the very first powerful sign that I saw from Ed was when we were driving back from Tom's grandmother's house in Virginia. And I looked in the rearview mirror and there was Ed's face. I got so startled and Tom was in the car with me. I got so startled. I had to pull over. Wow. And he said, what, what's going on? And I, and I, I told him, I said, I just saw Ed's face in the mirror. Now Ed is someone I have never met in the physical world. Mm-hmm. I've only seen a couple of pictures of him and I don't know anything about him really Mm. um so my husband doesn't talk about his past he doesn't talk about his life so that i really didn't know anything about ed other than um he like he had a landscaping job and um he was from uh, a a town in virginia Mm. and that's really all i knew about him Mm -hmm. so the things i learned over time from Ed, I was I was able to confirm with my husband Tom, who he knows my Tom. So Tom knows my abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, in two thousand and five, when we met, it was about eight months after my puppy passed, and so I actually came out of the medium closet, if you will, yep. and I told him, and and at first, you know, it was a little. Yeah, he was a little hesitant and believe me. Um, but we went to historic mansions and I was testing myself. Uh, the very first time 
I went to this place called the Bellingham Mansion in Maryland, and this little girl named Anna showed up. He's, she was a ghost. <clears throat> and she told me her name, and she told me that, that she died in the house, and she told me where her bedroom was. And I went up, and sure enough, that's where her, that's where her child's bedroom used to be. I verified with the home, uh, the, the home historian that there was a little girl named Anna who passed at six years old, as she told me. And then they told me that the cemetery, there's a little family cemetery far out in the back of this mansion, and you can see her grave. And that hmm. freaked me out. <laughs> wow. So it's things like that that prove my ability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but <clears throat> so Is there anything it, interesting you've learned about your about Ed that you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> and then you shared it with your husband. He's like, oh, yeah, I want to talk about that. Oh yeah, there are some. <laughs> yeah, there are some things, uh, things that are not in the book, but um... I would assume because there's just some interesting things. Like I, I mean, uh, yeah, so let's you know, couples like yeah, I, I don't talk about that, right? There's just certain things, and depending on how comfortable you are in your relationship, I think that's actually can be really good. Like, okay, mm -hmm. we know that's kind of quote off limits in a good, healthy way. Um, but it's always interesting when something crops up and you're like, really? <laughs> okay. That's super interesting. Right. You know, um, I mean, I'm not going to tell tells either on, on the podcast because I haven't <laughs> asked my husband permission to say some of this stuff, but, um, it's always fascinating. So now you have this other piece that's like, well, this is coming to me, but you, I'm sure there's gotta be like, Okay, well, I want to validate this so that somebody doesn't think I'm like, quote, crazy, so to speak. And, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about most people that do this sort of stuff that you do in the paranormal mm. investigative world is you go validate this stuff the best that yep. you can, you know, you know, now I as I was listening to you tell the story about the little girl at the house, I could already hear the chatter from people listening to the podcast like, yeah, he saw it on a plaque when he got there, he read it, you know, da, da, da. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That would be too obvious, you know? Yeah. So I think what I have learned, you know, and I was a skeptic for a lot of time. I was like, I don't know about this stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned is the people that I've gotten close to, and we were talking before we came on the air about you know, somebody else that does this work. There was stuff this person had no way, mm -hmm. no way of knowing about yeah. me. And I was really blown away. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Cause it is stuff. I mean, there are a couple of things I have rarely talked about to anybody and it's like, wow, that's kind of fascinating to see this come forward. So, um, so I, I can give you a quick example from my, my pets in the afterlife four book, even from a yeah. cat, mm -hmm. <clears throat> since you talked about having cats. Yep, yep. So there was this cat named buddy that it, um, his mom asked me to do a, a reading from, and she had questions for him and so forth. But, so one of the things that um, the cat came through with um, was a word that I've never heard before, the word mala, M-A-L-A. Mm. And I didn't know what that was. And I know the word mal in Spanish means bad, but I didn't know what mala meant. So I, I type up my readings and I sent it to her. Mm. And I said, look, I don't know what this word is. <laughs> it's, you're probably going to laugh over it. <clears throat> it's weird. It does, it's not even a word as far as I know. And she wrote me back and she said, Rob, that word really cinched this reading for me because every morning my cat comes in my room, I close my door and I do a meditation called the Mala meditation. And she says, wow. nobody else in the world knows that I do that meditation. The only two people or the only two are me and my cat. 
that know mm. about that meditation. So, so there you go. There's, there's, there's there one you go. pretty crazy example. Interesting. Here's the question that I think would be on some people's mind, mm-hmm. mine for sure. You have <laughs> this ability and, and, and you have these things happen. Mm-hmm. How has it helped or hindered your life out of the closet? I mean, has it had some impact like, you know, personally for you to be able to have some of these encounters? Yeah, actually, uh, befriending my husband's late partner has really helped, especially Mm. with our relationship, because as I said, my husband doesn't like to talk a lot. He's not, he's not the best communicator. So Mm. I would ask Ed, did, you know, was Tom this way with you? Did Tom ever do this? You know, what did you do to cope? And I get answers. And Mm. so then I would go to Tom and I would say, look, Ed just told me that when you two were together back in the nineties, that you would mm-hmm. do this. And he, and, and he would just sit there and say, I don't like it when you talk to Ed all the time. <laughs> because there were things that I wouldn't know mm-hmm. that I couldn't know right. um, that Ed will tell me. Um, but there are, uh, there are other amazing things that, that Ed has done too. And one of the things is that, Ed helped me solve the mystery of his own death. Hmm. So Ed passed back in 1996 and his death was ruled a suicide. And his father and his family have been grieving, had been grieving since 1996. Hmm. And uh, so we had decided um, that in 2011, we were going to go take a trip down to Virginia and we were going to meet his dad for the very first time. So we set that date um, because Tom was of course very close with his dad and so forth. So the week before we, we went on our trip to Virginia every single day, I was in the bathroom in the morning and I was shaving and Ed would come through with a different message. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like what in the world do these things mean? So, he would tell me, um, see, I'll see if I can remember all of them, uh, not all of them, but so he told me the word jingle and he kept saying jingle was very important in his life. And I'm like, I have no idea what the heck that means. Is that Christmas? You know, I, I don't know. Right. Um, so then he showed me an image of Heath Ledger, the actor who played the Joker on Batman. Um, uh, he told me about a um, some kind of royalty. I think it was a, a countess. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just three things that he, he mentioned. So when I went down to see his dad, I, I told his dad, you know, about my superpower. That's what I like to call it because I love superheroes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he was cool with it. I mean, so he was, he had been grieving for 15 years mm. and he said he, he, he didn't think that Ed took his own life. Well, Heath Ledger was the key to that particular thing because Heath Ledger accidentally mixed two prescription drugs and that's what took his life. Mm. Wow. Well, it turned out um, that. Ed had also accidentally mixed those drugs. Oh, how interesting. 
And we know this because his dad was a retired pharmacist. His dad had retired from pharmacy from, from, you know, from that um, a, a long time ago. And when I brought that up to his dad, he was astounded because then he, then he realized what had happened. So that re- that was the the key that helped bring his dad um, peace after fifteen years. Hmm. So I know that's a big reveal in the book, but you know th- this is <laughs> I'm trying to prove my point here. So right, right, but that's a, but that's a big piece of like seeing things that you normally wouldn't see, mm-hmm. and then it it actually t- all of it ties together. And I think sometimes the skeptics that are out there, they're like, well, wait, you're not, you're not seeing, you're not seeing the thread that ties this all together because you're too, you're too locked up in this can't be real, all this sort of stuff. And sometimes I feel like we have to let ourselves think differently. I mean, think about where we'd be as in the gay movement. Mm -hmm. If we only like, it's only got to be this way. Right. And I think our LGBT, I think this is why so many people, you know, especially the right, the right wingers, so to speak, they can only see things one way. And it's kind of like religion. I mean, I, I was raised mm-hmm. Seventh-day Adventist and, and I think this is very fundamental in many religions. Like we're the ones, this is the right religion, right? Well, there's so many beautiful ways to, you know, have religion in your life and have spirituality in your life. The same thing in the LGBTQ community. There's so many different ways to be in the world as a person, Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I have found, you know, in this work that I do for sure, that that's the button pushers. And I think in the work that you're doing too, it's like, well, wait, wait, wait. If you opened your mind and just thought of the possibilities, why is this so far out of the realm of possibilities? You know, and I think just getting people to see that you link it together, you bring proof to the pot, what you've seen, it still may be unbelievable, but I'm like, well, <laughs> you won't believe in this stuff, but you'll go watch a magician or you go see something that Disney does. And you're like, Oh my God, how, you know, it's like, really? <laughs> it's not, it's just, I think the human mind is a beautiful thing. And when we start to tap into what our human minds are capable of yeah. and some of, I mean, I, I don't profess to be an intuitive, but I can, I can delve really quickly into somebody's story. Like I can, I mean, and it's interesting when I'm working with clients are like, how did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I just do, you know, and it's not because I see the future or anything, but I can, I know my intuition hits are really strong and I'll repeat something back to them. Like, well, here's what I'm feeling and here's what I'm seeing. They're like, I don't know how you figured that out so quickly. I said, I think it is a gift. I don't, again, I don't position myself in that way, but I think these are the beautiful things when we do what you do and we allow it to come out in these beautiful art forms as well. I think that's the, a, a really cool piece is you're not only here, here's what I am, but you're bringing it to life through story and through your books so that people can see it in a different way. So what's some of the challenges you encounter with this gift that you have? Well, there are a lot of skeptics, of course, but, um, of course, but, I, but I do explain that mediumship is, is a puzzle. We get, pieces of a puzzle that we have to put together to make sense of things. I all I also explained to people that that there's no such thing as a coincidence when it comes to spirits because spirits can influence us to do things, influence us to go places, influence us to be at a certain place at a certain time um, to see someone who looks like them for instance, um, they can manipulate energy, they um, they can 
do all kinds of things. And, and Ed has done all of these things. In fact, one of the chapters of the book is about an experience that we had in England where, when we were on vacation. This is before cell phones. <laughs> we had a GPS on the, mon- on the dashboard and it went haywire. And we wound up getting totally lost in a forested area in England because it took us off road. And we thought we were going to the back to the airport and we thought, you know, maybe there was an accident or something. But Ed sent a lookalike. Ed sent somebody. We were stuck there. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know how to get out of it. Um, he sent someone that looked exactly as he would have looked had he lived to be in his 50s. And wow. it was so eerie that when <clears throat> I, I flagged the guy down, when uh, I came back to the car to uh, to talk to Tom, Tom Tom's mouth was open. He was like, did you see that guy? He said he looks exactly like Ed would have looked and he lived. Mm. Um, so, so Ed's shared words. Um, spirits also use coins and other things. So if you are thinking of someone, and you happen to find a coin, look at the year because that will tell you who it is. Hmm. Either the year of their birth or the year of their passing. Very interesting. So hmm. that actually ties into the jingle thing that I told you about in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because I found out when I when I visited Ed's dad <laughs> that I asked him about that word. And he he sat there and he said, I don't know what it means. And then suddenly it's like a light bulb went off. He got up and he ran into this room where he had stored a bunch of Ed's things. And from the bookshelf, he pulled out a can with the big word jingle on it. His coworkers made him a can that said jingle because he said he, he always used to call coins jingle. I didn't know that. Wow. Not even Tom knew that. Right. <laughs> so these are the kinds of messages that you get that you have to put together. It, it's really up to the person that gets them. Yep. It really is. And I think it's, you know, it's kind of like the kitties in the house, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because my husband will say something like that. I mean, he'll, he was really close to Herman. I mean, we were close to both of them, but Herman was his boy. But that's just the way it was. I, I mean, if he was going to curl up, like if we were all sitting in the room, the whole family, Herman immediately, he didn't like the girls. <laughs> He never did. He finally kind of tolerated him, but he wasn't like initially, but he was, you know, George's boy. And so there's moments every so often he's like, I feel like Herman's sitting on my lap right now. I'm like, well, could be totally possible. You just never know. You know, it's like, you just, I think there's again, being open to the realm of possibilities of what is possible and not letting things take you out of that. No, this can't be happening because it's showing up for a reason. I mean, every time I feel like my, you know, grandfather is delivering something to me, it's because in this moment, I'm feeling like I need that wisdom from him. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not exactly him, I'm like, you know what? That actually sounds like something that grandpa would say, you know, and I will actually have that thought. Like, that's exactly what I think grandpa would say if he, if I could have that conversation with him. And so oftentimes then that leads me to, so grandpa, what do you think? You know? And, um, sometimes I'll get some kind of a response. Other times I won't, but then I don't, I don't let it hold me back from like, okay, see, this is a bunch of BS. I know when I'm ready to receive it, it'll show up. And sometimes I'll ask the question and then it's, 
two, three, four days a week or so later and suddenly it pops yeah. in, you know, yeah. because I think we are such a society of in the moment, give me the answer now. Sometimes we need to like wait for the beauty of what is coming our way because it's not time to receive that stuff. Also, it takes a little while for spirits to get things in line so that they can give us that, that message. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I know that uh, when, when Tom and I took a vacation a couple of years ago, we took a, a, a one of those Viking river cruises and we had to get on a bus to go somewhere. And I kept telling him, I said, you know, my mom and dad are here on this vacation with us. And, and, and he's like, yeah, he said, okay, you know, if you, if you say so. So, we were in Germany and we drove by a store, a grocery store. And the name of the store, the name of the supermarket was Norma, which is my mother's name. It's an Italian name. That's the name of a supermarket in Germany with an Italian, my mother's Italian name on it. Wow. And, and, and my husband just looked at me and goes, wow, could she get any more blunt with her signage? <laughs> you know? But um, the other thing, too, is that he, like your grandfather, keeps coming through you. My husband seems to channel my mother because he says things that only my mother used to say. How interesting. Very yeah, interesting. it's kind of crazy. You know, they say you marry your mother. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Ironically, I, I married... My dad is named George and I married a guy named George. So let's, let's talk about fucked up daddy issues there, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he's not anything like my father. Thank God. Um, mm. And uh, dad, sorry, if you're listening, I know my dad doesn't even listen to this stuff. He's like, I'm not going to have any part of that part of your gay life. So I'm like, okay, well, there you good. go. <laughs> so what's next? I mean, you, you just got book number 10 out. You're working on more. What's, you know, what else are you doing? That's like moving you along in your life, man. Yeah, sure. I actually am uh, working on book number 11. It's called Ghost on Medium's Vacation in Ireland and Scotland. Nice. nice. So uh, there's that. And I have six more in the queue. Very um, cool. But um, a couple of things about Kindred Spirits for the listeners that because it's it's not just about Ed's story. It's really Ed teaches the reader the way that I wrote it, it teaches the reader about all the ways that spirits can communicate and different signs that they can look for from their own loved one. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, granted, there's some interesting stories about, you know, how he re he solved his own death, um, how he showed up and, and proved that he was with our dogs that when they passed away, um, manipulating things in nature, using electricity. All kinds of things. And, and by the way, he did prank me <laughs> as well. So that's in there as well. But um and he told me Tom's nickname that he used to call him. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it, but right, right. It was that's quite cool. a funny nickname. And I happened to say it one day coming out of a Barnes and Noble store. And he said, Where did you get that? And I said, Ed just told me. And he said, That's what Ed used to call me all the time. And he wow. said, I don't like you talking to Ed all the time. <laughs> That seems to be a recurring thing. He doesn't like you talking to Ed all the time. That's yeah. so funny. But um, well, there's a Kindred Spirits too, by the way, in the works from a couple okay. of, a couple of years from now. Very cool, man. Yeah, Some good stuff. I love how I love just love talking about you know people with people who are very passionate about what they do because I think a lot of gay men, mm -hmm. younger, but especially gay men in their 40s, they hit the 40s and they're like, 
yeah, I'm just going to do my life. You know, what's the point? There is no thing to this passion purpose thing. And I'm like, you're so full of shit. <laughs> you're That's so the prime. That is the prime. I mean, I agree. I mean, I came out late in life. I came out at 36 and 35 for I, me. When I was 40, I was like, okay, what's next? And, uh, you know, <laughs> I wish, well, I'm glad I asked that question because it's like, well, you're going to get laid off again. Okay, I'm like, okay, great. And then a few years later, I got laid off again. I'm not a bad hire, guys. I'm just saying. But um, without <laughs> those things, I wouldn't get to do what I do now. It was mm -hmm. those two pivotal moments. And, you know, by the time I was 40, yeah, 45, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go build my own business. And it led me to coaching. And then the podcast showed up. And then I'm like, well, yeah, let's write that book since everybody tells me I should be writing a book. And and I started speaking on stages. I'm like, the past 20, I mean, I'm almost 60. The past 20 years mm -hmm. have been when I feel like I've really lived. I mean, not that I didn't. I love being a dad and all that. That's been no doubt. I mean, greatest things in my life are my kids. But prior to that, I was hiding. I was hiding so much of who I was and just doing what everybody else wanted me to do. And anytime I get an opportunity to talk to another guy over 40 and, you know, have these kind of conversations, it's like, you can keep going there. You're not done. You know, you just got to, ironically, I was just recording an Instagram video about it. It's like, you're not done, but you got to activate. You got to activate the passion. You got to activate the dreams. You got to keep them active or they just like sit there like, like my book staring at me going, bitch, when, <laughs> when are you going to get the book proposal done? But um, it, it's such an interesting thing. So like you i you know i came out at 35 i published my first book when i was 47 and i'm mm. also i just turned 60 um so these last 13 years i have really come into being who i am supposed to be yeah so 40 is really the the kickoff point i think mm -hmm. for yep. everybody to really find out who you are yeah. And um, I also started um, really kicking up on my fitness. So I work out every single day um, mm -hmm. and I put on a lot of muscle and, and I'm healthier than I've ever been. And you can, you can do anything you put your mind to, especially yeah. when you're over 40. Yeah. Well, I mean, 30, so 36 coming out of the closet. That was the first year I even went to a gym. I mean, I had a gym membership really when I was like, college i went to a gym mm -hmm. but then it wasn't really my thing I, then i did start running in my early 30s i i ran a lot of races i'm like oh i kind of like this but it was almost like my my gay self was trying to like it was trying to emerge i'm like well okay let's go run because there's uh, runners are sexy right i'm like okay i can i can chase an ass in a race you know that that'll get me across <laughs> the finish line and then i came out and life was a mess. I mean, it was a scary mess. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I decided to get a gym membership because I'm like, well, you know, got to get ready, you know, to meet the man, so to speak. But then spin became a really big part of my life. Like so big that I ended up becoming a spin instructor and, and taught spin for 15 years. But that wow. would have never happened. It would have never happened in my 30s being a dad and even being a dad, you know, raising my kids because there wasn't like I was not that you see him on Wednesdays and every other weekend. No, I had my kids every week at some like three or four days at a time. And then we finally moved to like every other week sort of stuff. I'm so glad I had this opportunity to grow into that because then I became a cyclist and then I started doing century rides and all this sort of stuff. And 
it truly like opened me up in so many ways. Like, well, what else is possible? And being an entrepreneur and being a business owner, that that'll that'll open you up to a lot of possibilities. Like, oh, there's no money in the bank. Yeah, I'm a business owner, right? Um, but um, it is such an interesting journey. So, um, well, Rob, I appreciate you making time and being here, and I love the conversation and continue good 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 stuff for you and all your writing and um guys if you want to connect with rob you can connect with him and i believe your website is robgutro.com is that right it is yeah awesome man and if well, you can't cool. remember how to spell my last name rick it's uh just go to petspirits.com it takes you to okay. the same place okay awesome <laughs> yep it's always fun to have those fun last names right of like everybody misspells clemens all the time i'm like no it's just think C lemons. It's lemons. It's like you got a basket of lemons, put a C on it. You got it. It's very simple, but there's Perfect. so many different ways. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, really glad to meet you. Thanks for a great conversation. And guys, again, you can go check out all his books and his future books that are coming down the pike. And you never know. Something's going to nudge. You. I have a feeling some people are going to get some nudges and they're like, okay, I listened to this podcast. And now this stuff's starting to happen. Just be open to it, guys. Let, let the spirits guide you, so to speak. Thanks again, Rob. So appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Rick. That's a wrap for 40 Plus. Gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Gay Men, Gay Talk, where the conversations continue.